0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad, Chad Dotson. Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 374 of the world's most mildly dangerous podcast. Join me again this week, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? Howdy. Exactly. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds, if we uh, if we must. Since that seven-game losing streak that had everyone you know ready to jump off a bridge, the Reds are, have gone five and three. They've uh, won a couple of uh, two of the last three games by walk off in walk off fashion. They uh, won two out of three against the Chicago Cubs and then split with the White Sox. So five and three. They're now one game under five hundred uh, at the moment as we're recording this. Two and a half games out of first. I don't know that kind of might be who this team is all season. Is that fair or unfair?
1: That seems, that seems about right. They may be a little better than they, they're probably a 500 team, but yeah, this is how it's going to go.
0: Yeah. I, right. I, I didn't mean to say they're a necessarily a below average team, but this is just kind of how the season's probably going to play out. It's going to be up and down and, uh, it's just going to be, uh, one of those years. Let's talk, uh, about the news of the week. We'll take it chronologically. And, uh, the, the the big news was last Friday night, uh, as everyone after everyone had consumed last week's fine podcast, Joey Votto hit a home run in the uh, third inning against the Cubs. That was his 300th of his career, only the third Red ever to accomplish that feat. Who are the other two, Chris? Trivia time.
1: Um, let's see, Brian Goodwin and Curtis Goodwin. <laughs> so close.
0: Johnny Bench and Frank Robinson. Does it surprise you that Adam Dunn didn't hit 300 with the Reds? I I was going
1: to guess. I knew Johnny Bench did, and then I was thinking Frank Robinson did. Then I was like, well, if there's only two, Adam Dunn has to be one of them.
0: So I would have been wrong. Yeah, it really surprised me because, you know, he ended up with, what, over 400 home runs. Uh, Surprises me that he did not hit 300 with the Reds, but he was still the best player to ever play for the Reds. Um, And, you know, I wrote about Votto uh, at at the magazine because I got to looking at his – stat cast numbers. And uh man, he was he's really you know, he said he wanted to get back to being dangerous. His stat cast numbers show that he's he's been dangerous this year, just basically unlucky, but uh, lowest babip of his career, uh, batting average on balls in play. Um and maybe we should just hold off on more Votto talk, you think?
1: Well, I guess there's one other thing to to cover off on Votto.
0: Should we go ahead and do it now? I guess we should. Joey Votto is going to be out. Broke his thumb, hit by a pitch against the White Sox. Uh, Stayed in the game at first, but then uh, was pulled. And then they're saying three to four weeks before we have him back. And so this is going to take some time to unpack. Uh, First of all, what were your thoughts about Votto? Do you feel like he was coming around? Were you okay with what you'd seen from him? Am I wrong about the fact that he looked like he was just kind of being unlucky? He was hitting them all hard?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a weird season. Like, if you'd asked me, like, is Votto having a good season? I would say, yeah, you know, not not bad. Right. You know? And, and then I'd look at his batting average is 226 and his on-base is 305. And I was like, well, that, that, that's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, I don't know. But, yeah, I think he uh, – hopefully it was bad luck. I mean, I, I'm over um, – you know, I'm, I'm resigned to the fact that Joey Votto 2017 is, is gone, long gone. And we're not going to get another one of those, but – you know I, I guess joey Votto 2019 is what we shoot for now right
0: yeah probably probably which i'll take i mean joey Votto 2017 uh and i made some aspirational comments like he might be able to get back to that but i, th- I think you're right um and it, how many times have we had a, a first baseman in the history of this franchise that was as good as joey Votto 2017 uh, so um that's that's not a bad thing necessarily for the team but man um this is a it's a terrible time because I really did feel like he was you know, just on the on the verge of uh, maybe being at least uh, somewhat closer to the Joey Body we wanted, and now we're gonna he's gonna be out for a few weeks, and so the big question is what what do the Reds do in his absence because we don't know yet, and maybe by the time you listen to this they will have announced what they're gonna do on Friday in
1: Friday's game, but what do we do about first base? Well, I mean, there's a there's uh, Albert Pujols is available. He's looking good, you know. You get a Hall of Famer step right in. Oh man, you know if Walt Jockety were still in charge. Oh my gosh, he'd already
0: be on on a plane. He would. East right now. He would. And I, st- I still don't put it past him uh, to do that. I just that's I've got.
1: Isn't he? Is, is Walter Jockety still some sort of yes He's special like... advisor counselor to the? Oh, so the, the cabbage or something.
0: I, I what, I, what I'm envisioning right now is that Pujols is doing, uh, you know, back to back Zoom meetings with Tony LaRusa with the White Sox <laughs> and Walt <Yeah>. Jockety. <laughs> they're, 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 yeah. they're making offers to, you know, try to entice him to come and maybe multi year offers. Um, if you hadn't heard, the, the Angels designated, uh, Albert Pujols for assignment. And, uh, Albert Pujols, obviously a clear first ballot Hall of Famer and, who just tormented us for so many years. But, um, and who the Reds tried to sign, if you don't know that story, before they signed Votto to the long-term deal. When he was afraid, of, they tried to sign Albert Pujols, which means who knows where Votto would have been at this point. But anyway, different story. It's not going to be Albert Pujols. We don't believe that, right?
1: No, I don't think it will be. It's unlikely.
0: Ugh. I think there's an obvious choice for who it should be, but I'm interested to hear what, what your thoughts are on uh, how the Reds, in in this you know three- or well, four-week period, should replace well, now Votto. You've,
1: now you've done this. Like You say there's an obvious choice. If I don't say that name, <laughs> I'm going to look like a fool. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, so when I say Alex Blandino at first, like he's been playing, I I, I guess I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> All right, maybe not obvious to me. It should be obvious, and I don't, but I don't think it is obvious. I'm not sh- sure that it's actually going to happen.
1: Uh, and and I,
0: to me, it's it's Jesse Winker.
1: But does not that make sense to you? Oh man, I mean that's, uh, yeah, I love the idea. I mean, somebody, um, what's the guy's name? There's a the guy they drafted last year who's playing for who's a first baseman, right? And uh, somebody said, oh, the Reds, you know, 2026 20, first baseman, took his, played his first game last night. And I said, no, it's going to have to get there over Jesse Winker's dead body because I think <laughs> that's where he's going. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it just makes so much sense to me, and it has always surprised me, and I think we may have talked about this during spring training, uh, that, that he doesn't get more work at first. He should be the backup first baseman. Votto needs a break. It should be Jesse Winker because long term, he's going to be a hard-hitting first baseman. Uh, so, but but the question is: Do we think that the Reds are actually going to do that?
1: No, I don't think at all. I, I they've they've got these weird, uh, you know, guys guys can't learn a new position during the season. Kind of kind of rules apparently in Cincinnati. So I don't think so. Um, I think it's going to be Mike Mustakis, and and then you know the the train rotates around in some fashion.
0: Okay, well let's let's unpack that then. Uh, I don't think. It will be Mustakis, and i hope you're actually right because that's much better than what i think it's going to be um so Mustakis moves uh, across the diamond to first base who's placed third then you shift gino back
1: well i don't know blandino i guess
0: what about uh if, if we're not putting uh, winker in the info? Farmer. Bo- well that's who i'm afraid to be at first base actually um what about uh, and, and I can't see them doing this either. But then again, I, I, based on the information I had, I'm surprised that they even played have even played Sinzel Nixon in on the infield at all this year. He's looked pretty good at second base. What about moving Sinzel or India over to third? They're both third well, basemen.
1: I mean, Sinzel that just he's not allowed to play anything but center field now. I don't I don't know what in the world the rules how they came about, but that's how it is. So I think he's off the table for moving positions. Maybe he's played, yeah, I mean,
0: he's played a couple at second base. And so, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're, I can't see him playing a, I don't know, a third position. Uh, but, and do you move Indy as a
1: rookie? I mean, it's. I don't know why not. You know, I mean, this is the thing. Like it's, it's, uh, it's not impossible for these guys to play multiple positions. They've done it. I don't know. I mean, you look at a guy like Kyle Farmer, he plays like five positions and all of a sudden it's impossible for some other guy because he's actually better at baseball to play multiple positions. Like that's kind of a weird theory, isn't it? And that seems to be the way they, they handle it. I mean,
0: Sinzel, India and farmer Sinzel and India have played far more third base than probably anyone in the organization other than Suarez, maybe Mustakas. Um, you know, they played all the way back to, through college. They were third baseman in college. Uh, most of the time in the minor leagues, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I just show Guacayama's coming back, and you know uh, he can't play infield. Sinzel
1: can, so yeah, it makes too much sense. I, I maybe that's what they'll do. I don't know. I think that, maybe is Max Schrock down in Louisville now?
0: <laughs> Who knows? He's on the train back and forth from Louisville. Is there a train back and forth from Louisville? I was
1: just going to ask that question. I mean, I've been reading all these. Uh, yeah, High-speed rail? High-speed rail. It's the way to go. <laughs> Somebody, I'm sure, advocating for a Louisville to Cincinnati route. Oh, man. It should be called the like the
0: bullpen route or something. We can hurry get go. relievers up uh, to Cincinnati. Um, what I think is actually going to happen is that Kyle Farmer is going to play first base. That's crazy, though. They're not going to do that,
1: Right. No, they, they probably are. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a combination of stuff. I think it'll be I think it'll be a farmer one day and it'll be a Blandino another and and maybe they bring uh, Schrock back up for a left handed bat they can play there. Well, you got, you got
0: Akiyama if you want a left handed bat, and we don't know what to think of Akiyama. He is going to be back very soon, uh, evidently, and you know, he did not play tonight in Louisville, so there, I expect he's gonna be up uh tomorrow. Uh hamstring looks healthy, supposedly he's uh fully, fully 100% healthy. Um, so, you know, I mean, if you want to get Winker or Sinzel out of the outfield, you know, you got a guy that you can plug in. Uh, you're right, it's probably going to be paint-by-numbers every night for somebody different, but you know who played first base uh, for a, a couple innings anyway the other night? Tyler Stevenson.
1: Well, I love that idea. I was just looking at the Louisville roster to see what they've got in the way of catchers that uh, you know, is there a a, a legitimate backup catcher, you could come up here and you get Barnhart and Stevenson in the game every day. I could live with that. Yeah. I could live with that. Yeah. They've uh, got a guy named Bo Taylor down there catching tonight. Oh,
0: the legendary Bo Taylor. But two for three. You know what he should do? He should grow a funky mustache and he'll become a legend in this organization. Exactly. exactly. Tyler Stevenson looks more like a first baseman than he does a catcher. He's like 6'12 or something.
1: He's a big boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm happy if he can, can stay at catcher. How about that catching tandem the Reds have? I mean, we're just, Pretty you know,
1: good. You're using tandem again, but, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty
0: good. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, uh, we all uh, clamor for Tyler Stevenson, and he's been he's been really good. But, you know, Tucker Barnhart must be hearing the footsteps. So far, so good uh, from him. And uh, I think st- sticking with just a left-handed uh, you know, hit from the left side is, you know, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to hit like this all season, but – you know um clearly that's his strongest side it was probably a good career move to just stick with left handed hitting um okay so uh, let's uh, who's going to play mo- the most games at first base in Votto's absence which Correct. player <laughs> who, who do you think is going to be play the most games at first base yes <laughs> I, i'm i
1: <laughs> if you if I don't you know. hadn't said first base if you hadn't said first base i would have let it alone but i apologize <laughs> I don't know. All
0: right, third base. Thank you. Um, maybe it's Mustakis. I don't know. Maybe you're right. You're not usually right, but maybe you are this time. Um, let's talk about uh, what else we got going on around the league. Well, I guess we got to talk about this Amir Garrett guy. You heard of him?
1: Uh, yeah. He's he's a uh, showboat and son of a gun. I think is. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. How known. So
0: you know, Amir Garrett has struggled all season long. And we've discussed him uh, at length here. And he came in against the Cubs. I think he had a good uh, outing before that, but then he came in against the Cubs and struck out... Uh, what's the guy's name? Rizzo? Rizzo. Rezzo Rizzo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, I want to hear what you're... I've always defended Garrett on his showboating, whatever, you know. I'm okay with him having fun out there. But... what did you, What was your... What happened was he he screamed he did his thing and Javi Baez jumps over the dugout railing and comes out and the bench is cleared and everybody you know stood around for a little while. Um, I'm still waiting for the first fight where the the guys in the bullpen actually come, they come running in and actually get involved in something. They but He's coming in clean house <laughs> right. Um, what was your opinion of what of Garrett's actions?
1: All right, so. I'm all, I'm all for like letting the kids play and having fun and all that stuff. Um, I do, I do think it's a little bit different. I think celebrating your success and showing up the other guy are different things. And sometimes it's hard to tell which is which, but I, I think when you're yelling at the guy, it's a little bit of different deal for me. And I think that's what Garrett was doing. Yeah, you had know, to def- saw- go ahead. I didn't love it. No good.
0: No, I was going to say I defended him initially, and and then I, I watched the, uh, the replays, and he's uh, and I still think the response from the league is ridiculous, as we'll get into. But uh, you know, Rizzo strikes out. He's walking away, and, and it looks like Garrett's screaming at him, mm-hmm. which, again, you know, um, and Rizzo looked kind of bemused by the whole thing, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm not nothing these unwritten rules or anything like that but you know if you're screaming at a guy on another team I don't mind the teammate running out and you know uh, confronting you about it that's I don't think yeah. that's an unwritten rule thing I think that's I just a yeah. competitive thing I mean thing.
1: I don't know about coming out of the dugout but I wouldn't appreciate it and, and I, here's the other thing and I think this goes back to like the fact that I was never really a pitcher so I, I only see things from the other side of it I, I don't I, a, home, a home run's a whole lot more rare than a strikeout like that's kind of what amir garrett's supposed to do so and and i it's kind of how i feel about trevor bauer too like the guy will literally celebrate one pitch and strut around for like five minutes after one pitch and i I get it you're pumped up and there's a lot of adrenaline and and i I don't really care about it but i am also kind of like you you struck out 14 guys today like how many swing and misses are you going to celebrate (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like Barry Sanders celebrating a six-yard gain. It's like, I don't know. Well, so that's that's kind of where I net out now. That none of that means that I think the guy should have got suspended. Should have got suspended for what he did.
0: Right, right, yeah. Well, and we'll get into that. But first, I got to say I disagree with your premise because this season home runs are not more uh, <laughs> more rare than strikeouts for Amir Garrett. You know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I mean for him, and I get where he's coming from too, but even more so to me. That's the case where I don't mind if he wants to scream and yell and pump his fist because he's so happy. Right. But why are you going to yell at another guy who's not having a terrible season? Like, right. where where are we here?
0: And, and But see, I couldn't tell whether he was actually yelling. He was yelling in the direction of Rizzo, but was he saying something to him? Or, you know, was it just that he was screaming to get himself pumped up and he was excited about it? It didn't have anything to do with, with Rizzo. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell what he was saying. I, I don't read lips.
1: All I know is the Reds seem to have this weird thing for Rizzo and not to defend a cub, but whenever they show him on TV with like mic'd up, he seems really cool.
0: He's like the only cub that, you know, I could have less than, uh, you know, uh, mixed feelings about, let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a weird thing. I don't know like why they got this thing for Anthony Rizzo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Amir Garrett gets fine or gets suspended for Uh seven games for you know, screaming.
1: It, it's mind boggling. I mean, I don't know if you saw somebody put on Twitter, a video of like five different pitchers or four different pitchers, all doing basically the same thing over the last five days. And like none of them got in any trouble at all, except for Amir Gary gets a, a week suspension, <laughs> which is like, I don't know that did any of those guys in the pirates who were actually hitting batters with pitched balls ever get suspended a week? Like when that whole oh. thing finally broke down?
0: No, no, no Nobody, way.
1: I mean, I just don't, it's kind of a lifetime achievement award, I guess. <laughs> like it's tacked on from the, from the pirates thing right, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, that fight. But.
0: but I wonder if that has something to do with it actually, you know, uh, you know, uh, another offense from this guy, but you know, he didn't hit anybody. He didn't, you know, he didn't run over to the dugout to fight him like he did against the pirates. He,
1: He yelled you know and again it's twice now that this like heckler's veto thing has come in and it's not what the pitcher does that's gotten him in trouble it's the fact or, or i guess the pitch it's what the reds player is right in. it's the reaction from the opponent which to me i mean if i'm the reds now every time somebody does something i'm just going to run out on the field and start yelling
0: get them suspended
1: there gets those guys will get suspended because someone's instigating a a an unsafe uh you know drop what <laughs> right. spewing scenario
0: exactly yeah i mean I, I could maybe see objecting to garrett's behavior a little more than what nick castellanos did
1: maybe not really i mean
0: you know what i, I like to know what he said but you know castellanos flexed and you know let's and go and uh you know and then walked away
1: yeah i do think for for castellanos i mean it was kind of like the where he was, if you're that dude, who's like kind of in a vulnerable position and you see this guy, I mean, the words that Castellanos said can be interpreted a lot of ways. Uh, Right, 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 right. Like that's what guys used to say at my school when they were ready to fight. Or it's also what people say when they're ready to get pumped up and, you know,
0: right. Score a run or something. (laughs) Yeah. I wish the guys would get pumped up and score a run. That's all I want. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. Seven games. I mean, just uh, I assumed after the Castellanos situation that Garrett was going to get suspended. I mean, I just, had, but I thought you know, and maybe with, since it's a pitcher, they you know they have to treat pitcher suspensions differently. But seven games just seems outrageous to me. And you know, we have a, a question that um, I'm not sure we'll get to, but uh, in viewer mail. Um, but let me just read you a part of This my friend uh, Risto Neely. It appears to me that MLB is desperately, deliberately singling out Reds players for disciplines to make examples of them or in retaliation for the players speaking out about the league's inconsistency and handing out, handing out discipline to them. Your thoughts. Um, you know, and a lot of people are saying, Oh, there's a vendetta against the Reds. I don't know that that's the case. I mean, that seems crazy. But, uh, you know, and, and we follow the Reds closer than anyone else. So maybe other teams are getting... Uh, the same, same type of treatment, but yikes, it's, we're just a month into the season and two just inexplicable decisions from the home office in Kalam- Kalamazoo, Michigan.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't want to fall into the oh, like, they're oh. out to get us thing. I mean, most of the time people don't care enough to be out to get you, but, uh, I, I don't, I think it's more just incompetence and, and like insanity rather than than actual like you know malice against the reds or prejudice against the reds
0: right yeah yeah although i do like the conspiracy theory that uh, michael uh, michael hill who was with the the marlins and some some people thought he's from cincinnati and so some people thought oh he might be the the next he would replace dick williams Oh, right, right. Be the director of baseball operations, whatever. He's the guy that's like the head disciplinarian for MLB now. And so I like the conspiracy theory that he's so mad. He's so bad that he didn't get the Reds' job, (laughs) that he's He's taking it out on the Reds.
1: Spite the players, huh? Yeah.
0: Or maybe he just doesn't want to think that he's showing favoritism to his hometown nine. I don't know. It's just, I've got no explanation. I've got no explanation for it. And it's just, uh, it's frustrating, though. (sighs) Anyway. Can I ask you about Gino? This is uh Eugenio Suarez I'm talking about. Oh okay, thanks. Yeah.
1: Is he coming out of it? Man, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm starting to I'm not seeing any real signs. I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? I, I'm still not really seeing like any I hate to go back and sound like Joe Morgan or, or Barry Larkin, but I'm not <laughs> oh. seeing any I'm not seeing any consistency out of him. Barry, you know, Larkin, it, Barry Larkin
0: is Joe Morgan, isn't
1: he? It's, it's in, an, yeah. I and mean, there is a, not, there is a, a, a remark the other night where it hurts me. So Larkin said, you know, he's talked about productive outs, and Larkin's talked about consistency, which was a Joe Morgan like catchphrase for a while, which, which they both just mean being good, <laughs> right. <laughs> Like getting all, getting a lot of hits over a season rather than like two hits in a night, I guess is being consistent. But um, the other night he he was talking to uh, John Sadak and and they were talking about Tony Larusa and and Larkin. His his conversation implied that he didn't know that Tony Larusa was in the Hall of Fame. And he said something like, "Yo, those credentials will, will make him make him get him in the Hall of Fame someday." Or they're good. No he said it this way. He said, those are good enough for the hall of fame. Yeah. like, well, yeah, he's, he's elected in the hall of fame in 2014 and Larkin, like almost stopped the broadcast to make sure that everybody knew that he knew that. <laughs> and that when he, when he said what he said, he was smiling, but Sadak was, was busy calling the game. So he wasn't looking at Larkin, didn't realize it was a joke, which, you know, nor was any of the millions of people watching on TV able to see the wink, apparently, that he was delivering. And it was just kind of a, a, a Morgan-like, you're reminding me of Joe Morgan, like this odd defensiveness. Yeah. And, you know, this this insisting that you're always right and insisting that people know you're right. Yeah, Morgan had and, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> think Larkin's better than he was the first week. He's gotten better but he's still not good.
0: No, you know, and it's similar because a, a, a legendary player, hall of famer, yeah, you know, who yeah. maybe doesn't understand why he was so good.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll say like, like, I do think Joe put a little more effort into it. Larkin still gives me the impression that he just like thought this would be fun. And he just got to go hang out and watch the game and see what happens and talk. Like it's in that way. It's like a rod. Oh yeah. It's like, just, not planning anything and just saying what comes into your mind, because people should care because you're a great player.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's that, um, uh, because maybe you know he just, in comparison to Sadak, who seems to me to be exceptionally prepared uh, every broadcast. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I didn't want Larkin to be the the manager of the team because I, he's a legend. He's my favorite player uh, of all time, you know, and I didn't want his uh, that kind of legacy to be tarnished a little bit. And I don't know if being a bad broadcaster is going to do it, and, and maybe he'll get better. I don't know. He has gotten somewhat better, but
1: I, I I just rather listen to Chris Welsh. I mean, I think that's like for me all it is. Like I I don't care if Barry Larkin's good or bad. Well, he's just not as good as the guy we had before, and therefore I would like the other guy back.
0: Yeah, but uh, he's a he's a better player than the other guy.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's the thing. We Welsh as a as a color guy. You know, uh, I got no complaints. I've never had any complaints about him, not just because he's a friend of the podcast, but I mean, he was, he's good at that job. He's much better, at, frankly, on television than he's on radio, if you've heard him any on, on radio. And he's fine on radio, but he's much better at television. Uh, he's kind of getting, yeah. And I think,
1: I think he'll get radio. Like, that's the thing with him. Like, yeah. But he's going to have to suffer for, uh, for half a year until he gets, you know, significantly so better at it.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 I think it's just he, he doesn't really know radio, um,
1: because you know, he, he's doing more play-by-play
0: over there, which he mm-hmm. had, hasn't really had to do on television. And what's just, I guess, what's we got off on a tangent here? We're supposed to be talking about Gino, but um, but we have, we are well known for getting going off on tangents. On, uh, you and I, um, what what frustrates me is that Welsh is really good on television, and you know I disliked Jeff Brantley early in his career, but he has gotten s- so much better. Same on, the, on both on radio. House. Yep. Um, I, I really disliked his. Uh, it seemed like a shtick, the whole cowboy thing early oh, on. And um, do, you,
1: do you remember the night real early on when he was like, and uh, Edwin, Edwin and Carnacion <laughs> is not clutch. Yeah. And then like six seconds later, he hits a game-winning home run. Loved it. And it. Like that was emblematic of that whole first season when he was on TV.
0: He was rough. He was rough. But he he has settled into his role. He's, He's, oh, he's going so to play-by-play, and he—he he actually, in terms of his color commentary, I mean, you know, as a pitcher, he, you know, maybe the same thing with Wells. They kind of have this different way of looking at the game, and he—he's he's actually good now. So we have—we have good color guys. Why are we screwing around with it?
1: Because <laughs> one guy's famous.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, honestly, I, and that's how—I mean, that's how it's going. You know, he come. The—the the Reds have not. Really, ever been super good at saying no? Yeah, to their legends,
0: like uh, Doug Flynn and Danny Graves, <laughs> Sam Lakeir.
1: Uh no, no, maybe not them, but any anybody who's in the Hall of Fame, sure, in any part of the Hall of Fame, but, they have they would give them an awful long leash, as long with along with anybody who's in their family.
0: Kenny Larkin, his his uh his brother Kenny Larkin, is that who you're talking about?
1: There's no Kenny Larkin. <laughs> no, there wasn't a Kenny Larkin. There's a Mike and a Byron and a Steven.
0: I thought Kenny Larkin played basketball for like Dayton or UC or somewhere. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I can see the scenario where Larkin was like, "Hey, why don't you let me announce a few ga- few games?" And, you know, but
1: that doesn't that feel. It feels like what it was. Yeah, and I'm sure like, they didn't sure. just, like call him up out of the blue and be like, "Hey and." Been 17 years. What do you think about being an announcer? Well, he'd been working
0: with minor league guys, and uh, I think he'd been pretty active working with those minor league guys. And I, I don't know any reason to stop him <laughs> doing Yeah, that. I
1: mean, he, I just figured he was around the office and was like, hey, you know what I'd like to do? Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. We'll send Chris Welsh out to Siberia.
0: That's the frustrating part of it. Uh, anyway, uh, I remember, you remember like, a, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago, we were talking about Eugenio Suarez yeah right <laughs> you know he had a good game on on sunday and so i i wrote about how how bad he has been but how uh you know maybe this was the a turning point for him you never know until you look at it in retrospect but um i was really sort of taken by joey Votto's comments about uh about ave um after you know he uh you know, jay bruce retired and Votto made a comment about how Bruce was his favorite teammate ever. And he, a couple days later, he, he says in his postgame press conference, while he's wearing Sonny Gray's high school football jersey. <laughs> he's nuts, man. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's worn Kyle Farmers now and, and Sonny Gray's. And, and the, the word is that he has a lot more of those to come the rest of the season.
1: It sounded like he, he or someone that he knows has been, like, in contact with high school athletic directors around the country and is like, requesting these yeah. – the, and some of them are the real thing, right? Like, the Sonny Gray jersey was actually Sonny Gray's jersey because it was like a medium. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah, He was he was busting out of it. Um, you know, I, I get, again, we're digressing because that's what we do, but uh, I got so much flack on, uh, on the Twitters when I suggested that the Reds need to put a Captain C on Joey Votto's uniform. Um, because oh, he's not a leader. And a lot of people that have never been in the clubhouse, he's not a leader, and maybe he's not. I don't know. I've not been in the clubhouse either, but man, I see stuff like that. I see, I see that he he learned Spanish. He started learning Japanese so he could, uh, you know, uh, converse with Shogo Akiyama. He learned Spanish so he, uh, you know, a lot of his teammates speak Spanish. Um, and stuff like this, reaching out to high school athletic directors and getting uh, high school football uniforms. Uh, that just seems like a leader to me. I don't know that he is, but uh, anyway, put this captaincy on a jersey. But he went off. He went on and on about how he went to Suarez the next day and said, "Listen, I told him that I played with him in the minor leagues. You know, nine years in the big leagues or whatever. Uh, but you know, at some point, you may pass him up. You know." And it really was uh, a glowing uh, portrait of what the the relationship he and Suarez has. Suarez is gonna he's gonna hit right. I mean, we've had that this conversation. I think last yeah. week. Yeah.
1: He's gonna hit right. I I hope so. <laughs> I'm not counting on it really anymore really i mean look this seems not going to be any good if he's not good true uh I'm, I'm just beyond the point of counting on him to be good
0: well it's good defensive uh, n- uh never mind er i love that guy though is he the most likable red of your lifetime other than brad golden obviously
1: Oh man, uh, more so than uh, Brian Panya.
0: <laughs> he was pretty likable, actually.
1: He he was a self self-proc- self proclaimed great person. That's right. So am I. I would. Uh, I am just going to have to defer to George Grand on who is the most likable and uh, lovable Red of our lifetime. Who does he say? I don't know. I am just. I I want to ask him. You you know, uh, George Grand might be the most likable. I think that's probably right. I mean, you, you're. You, I don't know how Suarez passes Jay Bruce in either Ooh. favorite teammate or most affable. Yeah, Jay was affable. But I do enjoy. I do enjoy. Uh, I do enjoy Gino. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy.
0: Seems to be. I don't know him. He's never been in my kitchen. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So uh, what else we need to talk about? Uh, hey, did we talk about Joey Votto getting hurt?
1: Uh, yeah. Got okay. it Covered.
0: Check let's uh stop talking about the reds for just a moment and let's talk about the okay. chattanooga lookouts
1: Ooh. You if you, you heard of them you tricked me you tricked me yeah because i was all ready to talk about louisville bats so now we're just
0: now nah, we're skipping over them although okay tony santian former top pitching prospect <laughs> of this organization looked pretty good yesterday still,
1: dude's still around all right good for him
0: uh, all right exactly uh but we are going to talk about pitchers um First of all, have you seen uh, the highlights of uh, Chattanooga's first two games where they're wearing these uniforms, uh, at least on the first day, that the the uniforms said, apostrophe (laughs)
1: nougat. No. No. Nougat.
0: I wanted a Snickers. (laughs) I don't know. I always got to have some nougat humor in the podcast. Nougat? Yeah. Uh, Hunter Green. First of all, healthy? Thank goodness. sure looks like it. So he uh, he struck out eight batters. He pitched the opening day game for Nuga. Um, struck out eight batters, no walks, seventy-one pitches, five innings. He um, <laughs> it gave up one earned run on three hits. Um, so seventy-one pitches, fifty-one strikes, but threw forty-three fastballs in the game. Thirty-seven of them were higher than 100 miles per hour. Thirty-seven, 100 mile per hour pitches.
1: I mean, that's that's bonkers. Like that's <laughs> fake news.
0: Statcast began tracking these things in uh, 2015. Nobody in the major or minor leagues.
1: Are we sure somebody didn't hack Statcast in some way? <laughs> Perhaps.
0: It's probably those those dang guys at Reddit. Those guys Fark, are always calling problems. Fark do it? <laughs> what year is this? Um, 37 fastballs of 100 miles per hour more. Most in a game in either minor league or major league baseball since StatCast began tracking. Hunter Green might That's be... crazy. Meanwhile, we have Jeff Hoffman starting in the major leagues. <laughs> I,
1: know. I Well, you know, what's the story? The, uh, there's no such thing as a, as a pitching prospect. That's the saying, right? Right, yeah. So the the, the theory is the guys are either going to, you know, if they're, they're going to get hurt or they're going to be good.
0: Do not, don't say that. Please don't say that.
1: Well, fair. When when they're good, get them up and let them pitch in the major leagues when they're good. And I don't, you're going to, I'm going to have a hard time. Somebody telling me that a guy who throws 35 balls over a hundred miles an hour, like can't pitch in the major leagues. Like just bring him up. (laughs) <laughs> For real, I'm while saying, he's healthy, I'm, yeah, like just get, do it. He's going to pitch those innings. Where, where do you want him? Where do you want him pitching him? Well, do we
0: worry about him being put in the bullpen?
1: Uh, no, Jeff Hoffman can go to the bullpen.
0: I'm just saying, do we worry about the Reds putting him in the bullpen and
1: oh, and then loving it and, and never taking him out
0: and never taking him out? Right? That would never happen in Cincinnati. Well, that's a good point. It's a good point. never uh, happened before. <laughs> Why would we ever think that that might happen?
1: Just don't worry about that.
0: Okay. All right. I'm with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's crazy. He's never – this is the first game he's pitched above, well, I don't know, single A, low A, I think. So it's it's kind of crazy. But um, I have a hard time seeing how with this, with this battered bullpen that he can't help this team. And maybe in the rotation, yeah, you know, I'm willing to talk about that. But I, definitely in the bullpen, he could help the team. Um, but about the rotation, can I tell you about the guy who pitched in game two for the Chattanooga look – I mean, the Nuga lookouts? Nugas, please. Yeah. Nicola Dolo, first-round pick a couple years ago. Lodolo. Lodolo, Lodolo. 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 I don't know what else to pronounce that. Five innings pitched, two hits allowed. No walks, ten strikeouts in five innings. Now how's that? Is he, I think that's good. Is he better than Jeff Hoffman?
1: Uh yeah, bring him up. <laughs> I
0: think everybody's better than Jeff Hoffman is what we're trying to say here. Bless his heart. He's done okay, smoking mirrors, but he's done okay. But uh are, do you think I, I my thought is that both of those guys will be up but by the end of the year. Do you think that's crazy?
1: I think it's crazy, but I'd love to see it happen.
0: It's not uh, what we've seen from the Reds in the past, but I i, I know it's just double A, whatever. They're pitching against the you know, trash pandas or something.
1: You see who else is on that team is uh, Nick Howard from the University of Virginia. Thank
0: you. I wasn't going to mention it, but thank you.
1: First round pick seven years ago.
0: Deserving first round pick and probably going to be a big league star.
1: 28 years old. Pitching well in double-A in his first outing. (laughs) Listen, when you were 28 years old, were you pitching in double-A? True. Very good point.
0: He's a Wahoo. And the Reds only have one Virginia graduate on their team. They need another one. It's true. Yeah. Sean has done little so far. That's a good one. It's not really a good one. It's bad. Pretty basic. I want to do better. He's actually been okay, but he had a bad outing last time. Yeah, he's just... He is what he is. Uh, who has been good in the Reds bullpen? Uh, well. One guy.
1: <laughs> kind of, if, if you forget the first battery faces every time. Oh, that's a weird thing.
0: T.J. Antone you're talking about, uh, obviously. Yeah. Is weird. I don't get it. Um, But other than that, he's been. Gosh, this bullpen is a disaster zone. Carson Fulmer is one of the best relievers they've got. Well, as we expected. <laughs> as expected, yeah. We did predict that. Before the season, I don't want to talk about the bullpen anymore. Uh, you want to answer Jim, some some fast viewer forward. mail? Yeah, please, uh, no way. We won't hear about that. Let's, let's let's dig into viewer mail.
1: Done.
0: That seems to be the uh, the most painless People love
1: way. It. People love it.
0: They do love it. They clamor for it. Before we do that, we got to uh, issue some thank yous to some uh, some new Patreon subscribers. Patreon.com/slash/RedlegRadio, where you too can support the world's most dangerous podcast. Um, really, uh, really. Uh, pleased and thankful for the people who have been joining over the last few weeks. Uh, numbers keep growing, and thank you all so much. This week, we got a couple uh, people we need to talk about, and we've got to assign them a position on the uh, Red Lake Nation Radio Beer League softball team. The first is Ronnie Justice. Ronnie Justice. Uh, he's, you know, um, he, he, you know him from tr- tr- from Twitter, twitter.com. Uh, he's out there uh, tweeting about the Reds, and a uh, good guy, and he uh, decided to join the family this week. Ronnie, thank you so much. Where does Ronnie play on this team?
1: Uh, it's like his cousin David. He's a outfielder. That's what I'm He's thinking. Right, right field. field. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Have, I, have I told you my David Justice story?
1: Nope. So
0: you know I'm a teenager, and uh, we're at the the uh, the Synergy you not, Field.
1: You are not a teenager.
0: I'm not now. No, but I was at one point.
1: Oh, I didn't hear the like the flashback yeah. music. Right. right yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs> exactly. This is a dream sequence here, Chris. Come on, get with it. And so we're standing out at uh, at venerable Synergy Field. And, uh, I really feel bad calling it that. It was a riverfront. And we were out in the right field, uh, stands, you know, batting practice. We're trying to catch, uh, catch home run balls. And I've got a 12 year old cousin, uh, with us, a little younger than me. And he's just basically screaming at Dave Justice to throw him a ball up there during batting practice, as, as kids do when they're at the at the ballpark, you know, oh, throw me
1: a ball, throw me a ball. Politely or obnoxiously? A
0: little obnoxiously, but he's a 12 year old. Okay. okay. So, um, he just keeps going on. on. He keeps, I'm like, dude, come on, calm down. Calm down. But then against Dave Justice. So <laughs> screw Dave Justice. Here, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a brave. Who cares? And uh, at some point, Dave Justice reaches up to like scratch the back of his head and flips off my 12 year old cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a legendary story in our family.
1: Uh, delightful.
0: <laughs> so, Ronnie, thank you for joining us. We're going to put you in right field. Uh, you're going to be our slugging uh, right fielder, but uh, let's not flip off the kids. Okay. <laughs> Is that, is that too much to ask? Next comes Andrea Ross or on is it Andrea or Andrea? What would you say? Andrea. Andrea? You're gonna have to tell us. Uh Andrea Ross. Thank you so much for joining us here. What position do we give uh do we give
1: Andrea here? Second to base. Second base. Uh, okay. What were you thinking? I was thinking catcher actually. Oh. I you think know. she could really pick it at second base, turn the uh, double play and whatnot. There you go. Okay, all right, yeah. She's no Kyle Farmer is what you're saying. Well, I hope not.
0: <laughs> yeah, much better. much better. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate that. Uh, and hope you uh, enjoy being a part of the family. First question in viewer mail comes from our friend Kyle Kapler. Kyle asks, when are you guys going to write the forgettable 50? <laughs> the men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds in the
1: 2010s tolerable. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's, that is
0: brutal. That's good, though. Um, I guess we got to start tonight writing that.
1: I, I, I... I... I thought he was just going to go with like a, uh, just like, just like uh, obscure former Reds book is what I thought he was going with that. <laughs> you know, that kind of. It'd be fun
0: to write, but I don't know think anybody would read it.
1: <laughs> like three guys. Yeah. Like, you know,
0: Luis his mom.
1: <laughs> the guy that runs the obscure former Reds Twitter account. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That guy would read it. <laughs> he Pro- be the only one. Probably our parents. They'd buy it.
0: They mm. wouldn't read it. I'm still waiting for my wife to, to read the Big 50. Yeah, that's not happening at my house either. <laughs> Gosh, such a great book. Yeesh. All right, Joe Farsing asks 20, and for some reason, there are a number of Simpsons uh, questions this week. Why do you think um, that is?
1: I'll allow it. Did you advertise that I was going to be on the show?
0: I I did, and, and we seem to get uh, no, Simpsons no, questions.
1: Get. <laughs> they know I have no other pop culture references anymore. So. Well,
0: I think part of it is that you... appreciate just, it, guys. <laughs> we're, we're basically the same age, and so our pop culture references are uh, are limited, but they're the same, same ones. Yeah. Joe asks, 22 short films about Springfield is the most underrated Simpsons episode?
1: Discuss amongst yourselves, please, gentlemen. Uh, maybe. That's a good episode. That is a really good episode. Is that the uh, that's the one where they've got the uh, the Pulp Fiction deal?
0: A parody of Pulp Fiction, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, with uh, the whatever that bank robber guy's name is. Um, uh,
0: you're not much else? of a Simpsons fan.
1: What is that guy's name? Oh, that's the one with the steamed hams. It, uh, steamed hams isn't that one? Yes. 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 <laughs>
0: Uh, are you talking about snake? Is that what you are talking about? Snake, snake, yeah. Snake, yeah. Um, steamed hams. I'm I'm looking here at the 20. I've got the 22 here. Um, yeah. While hosting Superintendent Chalmers for lunch, excuse me, Super Nintendo Chalmers for lunch. Principal Skinner burns his roast and bluffs his way through the mail. <laughs> steamed hams. Oh, Thank that's you. the one with the with uh, the old uh, the old guy getting it. Uh, you know, uh, getting a football in the in the groin, right?
1: <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Is now, one? is this the one with, with Cletus, the Slackjawed yokel, um, like spinoff show, or is that a different episode? I
0: think that might be a
1: different episode Like, where they had the song, the lyrics, something like, uh, most folk will never eat a possum, but some focal. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's Cletus, the slack yokel. I think that's a different one. This is uh, this one I'm, I'm reading here. It says Cletus offers Brandine some shoes he found on a telephone line. I don't remember that short film. Brandine, <laughs> Brandine. Um, while bike riding with Mister Burns, Smithers suffers an allergic reaction to the bee's sting and rides to the hospital, but the orderlies admit only Burns. I
1: don't know. Where they went,
0: Doctor Nick, by the way. You a fan?
1: Uh, I mean, he's in my bottom half. <laughs> he's if I'm being honest. <laughs> Oh, oh, here's my the best were, my kids were trying out a Dr. Nick uh, impression around the house last last year for a while and it got kind of tiresome, so maybe that's it.
0: <laughs> here's the best of those films and we'll move on. When uh, Nelson laughs at the the guy in a small car <laughs> and he gets out and he's like really tall.
1: <laughs> Everyone deserves affordable transportation even the very tall or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> that
0: was the worst Nelson impression ever there.
1: It was pretty feeble.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was not much effort there. Andrew Scott Wills. If Bob Castellini operated a restaurant chain, what would it be? And I, I thought and thought about what the answer to this might be, because I wanted to say something like Applebee's or I don't know, Chili's, but that's a little
1: bit high end for Bob Castellini. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to have a roller hot dogs on in it. It's like yeah. the main entree. <laughs> Probably the Quickie Mar mart then, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. UDF, I don't know. UDF. It's it already taken by Red's owner. <laughs> right. I had forgotten that they owned that place until I, I, the other night the kids wanted ice cream and they opened a Dairy Queen in our town and it it literally had a line around the block, like 30 cars and the the Dairy Queen drive through. <laughs> wow. So, so we drove down the road to the UDF where nobody ever goes and uh, free second scoop Ooh. of any berry flavor this month. Wow.
0: Well, did you, and, did you enjoy your trip to UDF?
1: I did. It was it was delicious, and it, it's affordable. There you go. Um, but anyway, there's there was a, a sign on the wall, like with their, you can't eat inside because of coronavirus. But it was signed, the Linder family. Oh, yeah.
0: I think you just, we're, we're going to have to go with UDF, because you just described the Reds. Delicious, but affordable.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Right. I think we just did, I think I just did our first live read for a sponsor of this program, too. So <laughs> I think you're right. Send, send the check. Oh, the money's oh, going to
0: start flowing in. That milk money. <laughs> Got to get some of that sweet, sweet milk money. All right, uh, Mike Perry's question I get asked uh, often: Will the Reds be buyers, sellers, or stay put at the trade deadline? Regardless of what happens, at least Castellini is saving money. Fans love that stuff.
1: <laughs> you know, it's too bad they don't they don't allow you to bring a sign down to the ballpark anymore, a placard. Because right. I would I would have one that says like you know cost certainty on it. Or- <laughs> would you bring a placard, really? <laughs> uh, some sort of banner. Remember back in the day when people would b- take their bed sheets and like spray paint a word on it and haul it down to the stadium and then parade around with it. Oh yeah! Hey, go watch uh, the
0: uh, the home run that Johnny Bench hit on Johnny Bench Day. There's like that uh, on the at, at Riverfront Stadium. There's like a, a bed sheet. I can't remember what it says. Something. You know, we love you, Johnny, or something. But it's it's hanging over the off, off the green seats in left field. You can see it when he hits the home run. Somebody just pulled the sheet. I don't have it. I don't have any cardboard. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's better. You can pack it. You know, I know you're boycotting, uh, live attendance at, at, uh, GABP this year, but, um, I'm wondering is, is, are the reds enforcing that, uh, really draconian, like no bag policy? Have you heard about this? Yeah, work. it's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: I don't know if they are this year, but they did last year. Well, I didn't did go they? last year, the year before.
1: Well, Oh, even yeah, because we went to a spring training game, and my wife, they wouldn't even let her bring her purse in the, in the stadium. Yeah.
0: You had to have, like, a clear back.
1: Well, they're like not, not even allowed that anymore. Now you, you, you oh, can really? have a, a wrist wrist something, a, ri, a wristy pack. I don't know.
0: What about what about the fanny pack that you commonly wear to uh, baseball games?
1: <laughs> I had to take that off. Oh, no. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. What's the What's the reason for that? All I can think I, of is, I mean, what could, Oh, okay, okay. I think here's the theory. The theory is, if you let them bring in bags, you got to search the bags, and if you search the bags, then you got people masked up and and congregating and uh, and risking spreading germs.
0: And and, and you got to pay somebody to search the bags.
1: Yeah, I guess I can see. Yeah, they're, they're going to bring yeah.
0: COVID in, or they're so I, a terrorist. Yeah. One of one of the two
1: right i did think it was actually kind of cool at at the uh the the phillies minor league park because they you know your your first your first response is it's whoa what about my sunscreen and my sanitizer and uh don't worry about that folks we've got them and they've they had like you know the hand sanitizer dispensers Mm -hmm. all over the ballpark but they also had suntan lotion dispensers the same kind of deal that's pretty good idea yeah you like wave your hand under there and it yeah puts a you know, gobble of that stuff in there.
0: I mean, if you, so. if you, if you care about that stuff. That was Florida. <laughs> you got the 150 SPF, right? I got to take care of myself. Uh, yeah, here. I appreciate that. Thank you. Can't be wrinkling. <laughs> Mike, uh, the answer is they won't be buyers. I don't think they'll be sellers either. I think they're just going to stay put at the trade deadline. I don't see them doing anything. They haven't done anything in a year. Why would they start now? <laughs> Nathan Connor asks, when Kirk and Luann Van Houten got a divorce, Kirk bought a bed that looked like a race car and Luann started dating American Gladiator Pyro. <laughs> so so who's buying the Reds as a post divorce rebound? Bill or Melinda Gates?
1: <laughs> I saw I don't know if he if he saw this too, but there was somebody tweeted yesterday about the Bill Gates divorce and they had that picture of Kirk Van Houten's race car bed. And they said <laughs> like bill gates is going on a spree or something like that
0: i wonder if he's going to move to the uh the bachelor arms apartment complex (laughs) (laughs) where kirk Uh, stayed uh i don't
1: i don't think uh i think bill gates is going to be fine
0: i think he's gonna be fine i feel bad about uh we're we're kind of jesting a little about his uh his misfortune
1: um poking fun
0: we're poking a little fun and divorce is not a fun thing but uh i don't know we we can have fun yes the
1: questions we'll answer them
0: Joe yeah, Farsing good, says,
1: "Good taste or not?"
0: Exactly. Joe says, uh, "Reds are the gift nobody wants, like Millhouse." <laughs> that wasn't. That wasn't nice.
1: <laughs> is it? Who is it? That, which are the teachers who's like, "Oh, no one likes Millhouse."
0: <laughs> well, Millhouse would be in Lisa's... No, he's he's in Bart's grades, so it'd have to be. I, a I feel Mr. Like it might have
1: been the, the music teacher or something. Oh yeah, 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 could be. Because they were like, you know, Bart likes Lisa, or not Lisa? Bart likes Janie, and Janie likes Nelson, and. Somebody else likes Millhouse, and they're like, "Oh, stop it! Nobody likes Millhouse." <laughs> it
0: it's true. Um, Jackson a I think you were discuss. This came up last week We were discussing this f- future with the Reds. So it isn't the obvious choice, but Winker at first base while Joey Hills. That's what we already. Yeah, we discussed that. You're absolutely right, Jackson. It's a rerun. It's a rerun. Chuck Nichols. Happy Star Wars Day and Cinco de Mayo. One question for you, Chad. Uh, this one's just for me, Chris. You can you can take them so- <laughs> all. Signing off. <laughs> Please tell me you stocked up on cigars when you visited Ybor City last week. And what kind of cigars do you prefer? I did go to Ybor City last week. And I um, only wanted to, wanted to go there because uh, a band I like, The Hold Steady, constantly talk about Ybor City. And it, was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was fun. Isn't it, is it Lou Pinella from there? Uh, you know, I think he might be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in Tampa, and Lou Piniella's from Tampa, so it could be. Uh, a lot of cigar shops, and it was kind of interesting, you know, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of the the hip neighborhoods, they have people, you know, sitting outside drinking their uh, drinking their beverages and you know congregating in Florida. That's what they do, and
1: um, nothing has hip like beverages.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, in Ebor City, there are multiple places where you just you know people sitting outside smoking cigars, just hanging out like you would at a bar, but instead of and they like I guess they had drinks too, but all smoking cigars. I did not purchase any cigars. I have been a cigar smoker off and on over the years. I like uh, a cigar called a Padrone, Nicaraguan uh, wrapper, filler tobaccos blended for optimal flavor and quality. Notes of cocoa, cayenne, nuts, and spices converge in a savory and balanced finish. That's my that's my go to, the Padrone. But I'm not. A, I don't. I don't smoke that often. But I do like a cigar occasionally. Do you
1: like a cigar, Chris? Uh... Yeah, I used to. I haven't smoked in, in a long time, but uh, I'm not against cigars. Okay. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but a cigar, I like it.
0: I'll do a cigar. Wow. Um, I know, right? What, what, that I've never smoked a cig- cigarette? Yeah, you live in Virginia. It's tobacco country. It, it literally is tobacco country, yes. Um, I have a friend that's on the Tobacco Commission. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: no, I don't know. I just somehow never. Commissioner of Tobacco.
0: Ooh. we Wouldn't what, what what would happen if Rob Manford were the commissioner of tobacco? <laughs>
1: <laughs> different, different types of cigarettes would be arbitrarily banned. <laughs>
0: I think so, yeah. I guess. I guess, guess so. they're
1: doing that anyway. So. Um,
0: John Majewski, you know, uh, good question, but I think we kind of got to it earlier uh, – this question, earlier in the uh, in the podcast about uh, you know, taunting versus celebrating and I think we, I think I think you're right. I agree with what you say, John, but we kinda already got into that. Thank you for your question. Joey Gadizo, uh, hey guys, was Shogo back any day? Where does he hit in the lineup? Looking forward to his return? I don't know, he's gotta get in the lineup. You know, um maybe with Joey Vado being out, it's you can get Shogo back in the lineup, but I think he's hitting seventh or eighth probably. And what's he showing us? Exactly. Dotus, <laughs> Dotus. Um, <laughs> Peter Skills Wills asks: uh, Jesse Winkers had an amazing start to the season. Seems to be a shooting. Hold on,
1: for... did he just give himself a nickname?
0: He did. Yes, Peter Skills Wills.
1: <laughs> I would like it.
0: I do too. I approve. Uh, <laughs> Jesse Winkers had an amazing start to the season. Seems to be a shooting for all-star this trajectory. But am I losing my mind when I think he keeps this up and ends up top five for NL MVP? Um. Yeah, you may be uh, insane, but I think Joe or Jesse Winker is a legitimate star in this league now.
1: Yeah, I do too. He's 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 a real deal.
0: This yeah. is not. Yeah, he's an all star, and so yeah, it's not it's not that big of a bump up to being top five in NL MVP. He he has shown me enough to, that he's he's the real deal. Um, Ronnie Justice, one of our newest. Family members here at the Red Lake Nation Radio. Patreon.com slash Red leg Radio. I liked hearing Chad and Chris's comment. First of all, nobody believes that, Ronnie.
1: Uh, <laughs> let stop right there.
0: Yeah, let's stop there. You, anybody, See you later. <laughs> that's the first time anybody's ever complimented any of our comments. About the things they saw in Florida on the podcast last week. I think he's talking about the crazy bicycle guy. Um, does Chad or Chris have any more crazy stories about their time in Florida? Love the podcast. Go Reds. You ain't crazy stories about your time in Florida.
1: Oh...
0: Uh, I don't think so. Did I, I talk
1: about the the uh,
0: in depth about the the Tampa Bay Rays game I went to last week? I can't remember. Not
1: really? Not really. Is it crazy? But
0: there was one moment. It was fun. It was. It really felt good to be in a ballpark. I mean, it just it felt good. My brother and I were there. But there's this uh, relief pitcher for the Rays, and I'm blanking on his name right now. I mean, for the Blue Jays, and he's out in the bull. We were sitting out in the, in left field, you know, kind of close to the bullpen that's out down the line down there so he's warming up, and before every warm-up pitch, he, like, squats down. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, on. you mentioned this guy.
0: Oh, did I mention him last week? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I won't mention it again, but I need to post that uh, video. But, man, that was that was, fun. <laughs> that was fun watching when he got in the game, and everybody was screaming squat at him. And uh, my brother suggested that we need to keep that video to uh, motivate us on days when we just don't feel like working out.
1: That's a good idea. Yeah, just yeah. play that on a loop.
0: Right. Squat! Um. James Ward, good question. I think we've already answered it. Um, Brandon Taylor, from some quick googling, I'm pretty sure the Reds haven't seen six games over 500 since mid 2014. Good grief! The Reds haven't been six games over 500 in seven years. That's not good. Why are we? Why are we doing this? Well, <laughs> this is it. This is the final. Thank episode. you for bring,
1: thank you for bringing that to our attention. We're done. The show is over.
0: <sighs> so with that with that in mind. Brandon says it got me to think about the Reds glorious rebuild <laughs> I, I detect a note of uh, sarcasm there to me it's like being in season 8 do you think the Reds will do anything special in the 10th year of the rebuild maybe a jockey bobblehead night Castellini family poster night free LaRosa's to fans who can name a player the Reds received for araldus Chapman
1: <laughs> Rookie Davis
0: <laughs> uh, it's going to be Rookie Davis night he'll come back he'll have the uh, you know, gut because he's been retired for 6 years and Oh, oh to be fun. Oh man, this
1: rebuild has not gone well, Chris. No, not when you, not when you put it that way. <laughs> if, you start, if you care about like you know winning games and stuff, no, it hasn't.
0: You know, is it? What's crazier? Just fuck, continue to follow the Reds really closely through these seven years where they've been garbage mostly, or literally taking time every single week to talk
1: about the reds It's on you man to yeah, record I, it <laughs> i think it's on you i think uh yeah you can't the guys who sit passively and watch it on tv i mean they've got an answer for that but but we're really the ones uh in trouble <laughs> i think you're right i think it's i think
0: we're the problem here uh, one last question because my buddy rich thompson Rich, by the way, a big uh, big cyclist, and so he enjoyed our cycling discussion (laughs) last week.
1: Sorry. I honestly thought you said a big cyclops.
0: (laughs) He he may be that. I mean, I've seen pictures of him, but I've not seen him in real life. All right.
1: Um,
0: Dear Chad and Chris, for some reason, I I find this Reds team eerily similar to some from the 80s. For example, just like some of those 80s teams, this current Reds team has some decent starting pitchers and some nice position players that tantalize us enough to think they just might make the playoffs. However, just like those 80s teams, I feel like the 2021 Reds might just be teasing us and will ultimately crush our hearts, much like Lisa Simpson did to poor Ralphie Wiggum on Valentine's Day. I, I choose you,
1: choose you. choose choo choose.
0: Yeah. Now, since we're reminiscing about the 80s, well, you've been reminiscing, but now we are, I guess. Do you think any of the following classic 80s hits will be ac- applicable to the 2021 Reds by the end of the season? And Rich, I appreciate you. He, Rich puts a lot of thought into his questions every single, every single time. So here are his three choices. Which of these will be applicable to the twenty twenty one Reds by the end of the season? ABC's do you remember a group ABC?
1: Yes, I do. Another bad creation.
0: What? No. Another bad creation was from the nineties. Remember that group? It's like the It's not no, no, this is different. ABC was like the the mini Bel Biv No, no,
1: no, no. Not from the eighties. Right, I know. That was the nineties.
0: Who's ABC this in
1: the, is ABC in the eighties was like uh, an English English band, like a uh, new wave, I guess you'd call them, or something. I don't know. Like a they had a song in England. They had a song called "When Smokey Sings." I remember that song. That's ABC. It's a
0: pretty good song. Okay. Well, the That's one he suggests is "Poison Arrow." Parenthetical information to follow. You broke my heart. You did. You did. I don't remember that song, "Poison
1: Arrow." You remember that mm-hmm. one? Uh, no, but it's the same. I think. I think it's the same ABC. Maybe. From the album The Lexicon of Love, which is a cool name for an album. It is. I have it on vinyl. No, I don't. Second
0: one is Minute Work. It's a mistake. Okay, maybe. You like Minute oh, Work? That's, that's a good song. What was, uh, was Minute Work's, uh, what was their big song? They had a really good song.
1: Um, Down Under?
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good song. I like that. Uh, I'm younger than you, so I don't remember all these things that you remember about the 80s.
1: You're like six months
0: younger. Than this. <laughs> I don't, even, not even that many months. I don't think. Um, and third, Cindy Lauper's "True Colors." Rich says he does prefer Seth MacFarlane's uh, slash Peter Griffin's Family Guy version better. I got to go find that. But um, you broke my heart. It's a mistake or "True Colors." Which one's gonna gonna define the 2021
1: Reds? Uh, I don't know. I mean. I, I think true colors. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I, I that's kind of they are what they they are what I expected them to be. I guess is what I would say.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably right. I would I would maybe lean. I'd, I'd probably go off the board here and go with uh, Dixie's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, come on, Eileen.
1: Come on. You know, you know, seriously, when he when he when you said he had which of these eighty songs, that's the one I started playing in my head. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, that's like, the... I don't know how we're going to work this in.
0: It's <laughs> the quintessential eighty song.
1: Oh, that's a great song. Too. You
0: know, uh, my, my my son, who is is currently a teenager. You know the teens these days. Well, you know he's uh, upstairs taking a uh, taking a shower as teenagers will occasionally do, and uh, playing his music way too loud. And uh, all of a sudden, on this playlist, I hear "Come on, Eileen." I'm like, "Oh, this kid, this kid's all right." Because I'm mean, thinking about when you were in the '80s. Would you? Kids have... are all right. The kids are all right. It's a good movie. Um, would you have played a song from the '60s when you were? Of course, you'd had to. Tote your, uh, you know, your your record player in there, or your your boombox.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I rem- I do remember uh, the band The Doors becoming a very big thing when I was probably what 15, 14, 15? Yeah, there was kind of a mid to late eighties Doors revival that thankfully burned out pretty quickly.
0: Well, what I found for my kids, and maybe you'll, you'll your kids are uh, getting a little bit to this age, so maybe you can tell me later whether you see the same thing. But, but my kids are. Have been. I tried to introduce them to good music as well, but because of Spotify, man, they they listen to music from every generation basically. There's no where I, I would never have been able to hear the Beatles. Yeah. you know, if my parents didn't have a Beatles vinyl or something, so
1: yeah, pretty much same thing. I I I, I hooked the kids on the Beatles when they were young. I kind of just like brainwashed them with it, and and it's they're so legitimately good that it's easy to do that. So they they've got that, but otherwise, I can't vouch for them. I've tried to
0: get my kids hooked on the the Beatles, and they like them. My daughter, uh, she loves to play "Come Together" on the on the guitar, and uh, you know. But my son does not like them. But I think it's mostly because every time he uh, he walks down the stairs from his bedroom, I start uh, singing. Uh, oh, what's that? Here comes the sun. What is that?
1: Yeah, here comes the sun. Here comes the
0: sun. Yeah, I start singing "Here Comes the Sun," and he really does not like
1: that. <laughs> but the eyes are rolling all over the place, aren't they,
0: buddy? You have no idea how much my family rolls their eyes at me, all day, every day. It happens. Actually, you all do know because you hear the dumb stuff I say here. All right, so we went with uh, what did we go with? True Colors.
1: True Colors. All right. One and only Cindy Lauper. The one and only Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Are you familiar with the, uh, a movie called Just One of the Guys? Just One of the Guys sounds familiar. It Who's was in a, it? Eighties comedy um, where the, the 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 girl goes uh, undercover as a as a boy.
0: Right. Yeah. I vaguely remember this. I don't know that I've even seen, it, but I
1: remember it. Oh. But well, it Anyway, there's there's a there's a, a, a semi-famous scene at the end where the the male lead completely mispronounces Cindy Lauper's name. <laughs> yeah. He, he he calls her Cindy Lauper and they <laughs> just leave it in the movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. We're wow. Like, who's he talking about?
0: Cindy Maybe and it like, is Cindy Lauper.
1: So I I tend to call her Cindy Lauper by accident now.
0: Okay, oh, that's fine. Not her best song. Cindy Lauper, that's not True Color's not her best song. Or, or do you think it is?
1: Uh it's a good song, but I don't I don't I don't think it's her best one.
0: Girls just want to have fun.
1: Also an 80s movie. Yeah. Gosh, we're, we're getting off the path here.
0: Go Reds or something, I think, right? Is that where we are? Go team. Go team. My wife saw Tiffany and uh, Debbie Gibson in concert last year. Or two years ago when, when you could go to concerts.
1: <sighs> Tiffany was the first concert I ever went to. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, you, 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 that's kind of a question people ask, you know, what's the first concert you went to? Mine was uh, 1987 or 8. It was at King's Island. It had an amphitheater there. Yeah. And a buddy of mine called and said, hey, I got tickets, and, and we had season passes to the park. So we went to see Tiffany with uh special guest at a brand-new band out of Boston. Cool. The new kids on yeah. the rock. Yeah.
0: That's funny because the 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 concert my wife went to was was Tiffany, David Gibson, but also New Kids on the Block and Naughty by Nature, and my wife only went for her favorite group, Salt and Pepper.
1: That's pretty good. It is, yeah. Good.
0: Push it real good. Um, wow, Tiffany. Do you know who my first? Because uh, that question does get asked, and so I've I've told it before. But you know who my first concert was? I do not. Not till the early nineties. Uh, meatloaf. <laughs> it was. It was Meatloaf. It was. No, it was not Meatloaf. I hate meatloaf in all its forms, including its musical forms. <laughs> it was
1: uh, a tribe called Quest. Ooh, that's a good... That, I yeah. don't know how they'd be in concert, but that's a great band.
0: Well, they were good, but I guess I'll tell you the story about it. You know, it was when I was at my first year of college, and so they came to uh, to the university and and uh, put on a show, and, and, you know, I was a little out of place <laughs> there. Um, just, I don't know, I was a, you know... I, I went and, I, I like, sat down in, like, the back row, because it was, like... <laughs> General admission, you know. Yep. And so uh, Q Tip comes running. He's a, he's he's in a tropical quest. He comes running around, and you know it's a good show. I love it because I love their. I love tropical quest when I was in high school. Just absolutely adored them. But um, so he's trying to get everybody to stand up, and I was like, I don't want to stand up. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm oh, I, no. I'm kind of embarrassed to be here in some ways. I love these guys, but I I don't know. I felt out of place. But um, and so he stops in front of me. He's like, Come on, you got to get up. <laughs> He's looking at me uh, and I got up and I, you know, I, you know, left my wallet in El Segundo.
1: Nice. I love it. I love it. So that's I, my, that's pretty good. I, I'd like to have seen that. That's I, my tribe I,
0: story.
1: I saw, um, you, your wife said naughty by nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's I, 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 saw those guys at the, uh, at Riverfront Coliseum one yeah. time around that, you know, early nineties. How were they? I saw it. They were good. You know, I, uh, they, they were good in rap shows are kind of hit or miss because sometimes the sounds terrible. And sometimes the, the guys are playing off a, of a recorded track and they're just jumping around. But, uh, that was good. I saw, I saw digital underground down there, heavy D public enemy kid and play.
0: Wow. Would you believe I listened to a, a digital underground song just today? And I was trying to compose a tweet about it in my head as I was listening. Do you know which song you, it was? Uh,
1: no, which do what you like. Oh, that's a great song. Did uh, There There was a I read a thing the other day That said um, What's the guy's name Um, The main singer of, of Digital Underground
0: Uh, I can't remember
1: They were good Yeah 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 Well the one The one guy He, he passed away um, Oh really Yeah he, he died a few years ago Shock G That's the guy I'm Shock G There you go Yeah But he well, was also he, The other guy right He didn't die a couple years ago He died He died two weeks ago Yeah Oh gosh I didn't yeah. see that yeah. Yeah. So these guys were characters and uh, like Humpty Hump was the the character. And his, anyway, at the funeral, his brother was like, yeah, you know, sometimes my brother would just like, let me be Humpty Hump at concerts. <laughs> really? And he'd like put on the, the glasses yeah. and the nose and, and go out and do his thing. I, uh,
0: I only found out like five years ago that they were different people. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the same person. I mean,
1: I definitely didn't know it at the time.
0: Yeah, I had no way I knew it. No, I'm like
1: they got a lot of rappers in this band.
0: Yeah. Um, something about the biscuits. Um, yeah, gosh, wow. So, anyway, uh,
1: RIP Shock G,
0: yeah, really. I didn't know he died. I'm glad I didn't make a joke about Digital Underground today.
1: Too soon,
0: yeah, too soon. Um, so now, when you went to see, uh, when you went to see uh, Naughty by Nature, were you in fact down with OPP?
1: I <laughs> would have been. <laughs> yeah,
0: I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Um, we got, we got to go. I'm going to have to cut the last 15 minutes of this podcast off. Just edit it out. I think uh, this is crazy. We've gone off on a tangent again. Any final thoughts about the actual Cincinnati Reds, Chris?
1: Um, they're going to keep going
0: they will go go Reds uh, he's Chris Garber I'm Chad Dotson if you're listening to us you know how to find us I'm not going to tell you but go tell your friends about us or something I don't know just I don't know whatever I don't care don't tell your friends just keep listening we have fun here keep it to yourself. <laughs> just keep it to yourself we really we don't deserve anyone any more listeners um, ah, okay whatever for Chris Garber and the dynamic duo of Barry Larkin and Joe Morgan this is Chad Dotson saying so long everyone